Ben Nevis is the tallest mountain in Scotland, which at just over 4,400 feet is not saying a lot. There are plenty of Appalachian peaks that are higher, let alone the Rockies. And, and the Rockies don't come close to top 10 worldwide. But when you're in Scotland, the tallest mountain is the tallest mountain. And the trail to the summit of Ben Nevis starts more or less from sea level. So you earn every foot of those 4,400. I had made my way up the gentle grassy slope from the parking lot and gotten warmed up on the first few dozen steps that were hewn out of the side of the mountain. It was a clear, cool morning and I felt like I could hike forever. And then the trail curved around the side of the mountain and I got a view of just what was ahead of me. The longest staircase I had ever seen. It stretched on and on and finally disappeared in the distance. And my mind balked. Was I really going to climb all these stairs? Could I even? Did I want to? In half an hour, I could be back down in a pub eating a full Scottish breakfast. Or back at the Airbnb where my wife, Rochelle, was sitting in bed not feeling well. But I'd been dreaming about this hike for months planning for it, reading blog posts about it, and I was here now on a beautiful day. I should at least try. Before setting off to tackle that massive staircase, I took out my phone and snapped a picture to send Rochelle. I knew she wouldn't believe what I was about to do, and she'd be glad that she hadn't come with me. And then I shifted into low gear and started to make my way up. I hiked Slowly, and I grumbled through every step. I stopped feeling like I could hike all day and started feeling like I really wanted to be done. And finally, triumphantly, I made it to the last step in that impossibly long set of stairs, my chest heaving, my face turning purple, and at the top, the path turned again, and I found myself at the bottom of a staircase three times longer than the one I just climbed. This is not God's best pep talk. This scripture that we just read, this piece from Jeremiah, Jeremiah complains in like the gentlest, sad sack way possible. You will be in the right, O Lord, when I lay charges against you. But let me put my case to you. In other words, I already know I'm going to lose, but here goes. And even after that humble opening, God pulls no punches. If you have raced with foot runners and they have wearied you, how will you compete with horses? And if in a safe land you fall down, how will you fare in the thickets of the Jordan? In other words, you think this is bad? Just wait. You're ready to quit now? You just left the parking lot. On our road trip last month, the first time that Nola asked, are we in Colorado? I had to tell her, honey, we just turned on Irving Park. We're four blocks from our house. Are we there yet? We haven't even started. Which is not what you want to hear when you feel like you're giving everything you've got right now. Jeremiah is completely overwhelmed, out of breath, purple in the face from trying to prophesy about a world of justice, 
from trying to make things more equitable and fairer. All of this work and what he sees around him still couldn't be further from the vision God has given him for what the world is supposed to be. The bad guys are winning. A better world seems like a distant point on the horizon at best. And Jeremiah pleads with God, you can't expect me to do something this difficult. And God says, this? This is the easy part. Sometimes I'll read a scripture for years without it really making an impression. I don't even notice it. I just kind of pass over it. And then one day something has shifted in me or in the world and that story suddenly feels important and urgent. That was me this week with Jeremiah 12. I read it Tuesday morning and reworked the whole service around it because if there's any scripture that sums up my life over the last year, this is it. I feel like I've been climbing that staircase at Ben Nevis since last March feeling like I'm at my absolute limit and then realizing, oh, no, things could be much worse. You think you're weary from three months of online church? Give it another year. You think you feel cooped up after a summer of quarantine? Try winter on for size. Think the worst part of virtual schooling is having a kid who wants to talk to her teachers too much? See what it feels like when she's so depressed she won't say a word to them. Miss your parents now? How would you feel if one of them were in the hospital? Quarantine has you questioning your sense of purpose and meaning. Happy 40th birthday, big guy. Are we there yet? We haven't even started. The pandemic is the easy example, but it's not the only one. There are so many times in life when you give it all just to clear one hurdle, only to find another bigger one behind it. When you think you're tired, but it turns out you don't even know what tired is yet. When you believe you've used your last ounce of energy and finally reached the end, only to realize this is just the beginning. Only to hear... If you have raced with footrunners and they have wearied you, how will you compete with horses? It truly is God's worst pep talk. But it is a pep talk. It is good news. Or there's good news in there if you can hear it from the bottom step. It's just this. You were meant to run with horses. When God says, if you fall down in a safe land, how will you fare in the thickets of the Jordan? God is also saying, I made you to thrive in thickets. God is saying, this might be the tallest mountain in this country, but compared to the ones you're going to tackle, it's a foothill. The good news that God is giving Jeremiah is, I have made you so much stronger than you believe. You have stores of power and resilience you haven't even begun to tap into. Do you think the creator of the universe called you into being to struggle through a foot race? 
I have plans for you that will make your head spin. And I've seen that this year too. The people around me stretched to their limits and finding hidden reserves of patience, strength, and generosity. Finding ways to care for others even from the ends of their own ropes. Millions of people terrified for their own lives, but joining together to protest in the movement for black lives. People uncertain about how long they would have a paycheck, but willing to sign over their relief money to someone with an even greater need. This community here at Bethany in a year when it would have been easy to turn inward and worry about ourselves, instead making a plan to give away $90,000 and our leaders insisting on taking it on now because that's when the need was greatest. I've seen exhausted parents and friends and spouses too down to enjoy anything themselves, but finding a way to celebrate birthdays and anniversaries and graduations and weddings and babies for the people that they love. And yes, we've seen plenty of selfish behavior. At times, it has felt like the bad guys were winning. And I've spent a lot of the last year grumbling about how far we have to go as a species. But hundreds of millions of people in our country changed everything about, they, about the way they lived for over a year to keep each other safe. That's the bigger story. I have seen people in my life, including you, do things they didn't think were possible individually and collectively. We have shown so much creativity, adaptability, poise, compassion, grit. We've accomplished so much. And I believe God is still saying, compared to what you're capable of, this is nothing. You remade your lives for a year. Good job. Now let's remake the world. You, protest, you protested unjust systems, now let's build just ones. You gave away money to those in need, let's do away with need. You've slowed down the spread of one disease in the richest parts of the world, now let's make sure everyone everywhere has access to good health care. You think this was a thicket? Let's start some real bushwhacking. You think you're running now? Let's take it to a gallop. Good work on these stairs. Now catch your breath, take a drink of water, and I'll show you where the real climb begins. Because you were made for mountaintops. When I dragged myself up the final stair in that second staircase, I was overjoyed to find myself finally on flat ground. A wide open field of grass and beyond it a pristine mountain lake. I turned around and took in the view of what I'd just accomplished, finally able to enjoy the steep canyons scattered with waterfalls that I'd been ignoring on my way up, just looking at my feet. I took a long drink and ate the granola bar I'd packed as a snack. My breath came back and my face turned a little less purple. And then I turned to my right, where the rest of Ben Nevis rose into the clouds above me.
The journey back from somewhere new never seems to take as long as it did to get there. Having been over it once, you know what to expect. You know just how long that staircase turned out to be and what comes after it and what comes after that. You have a little perspective. A few hours later, when I'd hopped off the boulder that formed the highest point on Ben Nevis and said goodbye to the Dutch woman who had seen my face on the way up and decided I might need some distraction for the endless switchbacks, I started back down. Tracing my path back, I realized I hadn't really been making my way over those jagged, uneven rocks for as long as it had felt when I was anxious to finally be at the top. And that steep, icy section where so many people had decided to turn back and which I took slowly and sideways, praying I wouldn't fall the whole time. It was a breeze when I copied the ones who had decided to just sled down it. The endless switchbacks of loose rock did, in fact, come to an end, and by the time I was back at that mountain lake, I knew I was almost done. Just a few stairs from there. I was practically running down them when someone stopped me and asked, How much farther? He was out of breath. His face didn't look good. To the top, I asked. I hated to break it to him. He hadn't even started. It's a long way, but if I can do it. The bad news is, what seems hard now will feel like a piece of cake compared to what's ahead. But knowing that, maybe we can find a little perspective. Maybe we can see this mountain the way we will on the way down. Not so big after all. Because the good news is you're up for it. You are stronger and more resilient than you have ever considered. You are capable of feats that you currently believe are impossible. You were created and called by God with the gifts that are necessary to transform the entire world into a place of love. You are built to run with horses. You are made to thrive in thickets. You are meant for the mountaintop. And it's so much further than you have imagined. <laughs>